Welcome along to episode 726 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show this week, we're joined by Sandra Marvin, letting us know all about Sister Act at the Grand Theatre coming up in June. We'll be hearing from Connie Hook, former Blue Pleater presenter, as we find out about how kids are spending their cash these days. We'll be having a bit of a chat with Basil Brush, star of many a show over six decades and part of the Penkridge Open Air Festival coming up in July. We'll also be hearing what's going on with the Warsaw Festival of Words. And on top of that, we've got music from Rachel Sage. That's all on the way on the show this week. Welcome to the Milk Bar. 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 From the 5th through until the 10th of June. There is musical magic on stage at the Grand Sister Act is there. And the person conducting, teaching and making sure we almost have a bit of a naughty time at the same time is Sandra Marvin. Hello. Hello. You'll definitely be having a lot of fun. It is is a good show, though. And you must have been so pleased when you got cast in this role. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean... It's a role, it's a film that's very close to my heart. I Mm -hmm. used to watch it when I was a kid. I used to try and do the nun's routines (laughs) while my mum and dad were watching. So, yeah, I love it. I love this show. And Wolfie's just iconic. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's a, a role which you've got a lot to live up to. But I think if anybody can, you can. And we know that it's going to be good. Oh, yeah. Well, I hope so. The audiences certainly seem to be enjoying themselves so far. So, <laughs> What brought you to, to you know, Sister Act and getting into the habit here? I mean, how did it come about? Because it's uh, it's one of those shows where you're just thinking, oh, yeah, you, you must want to be in this show as, as, as any kind of, of actor. I, I originally knew about Sister Act becoming a musical when it first came to to London when they were doing the workshops I was in Hairspray playing Motormouth Mabel at the time um and they were coming in um and I really wanted to audition (laughs) it's the same producers but we weren't anyone in Hairspray weren't allowed to go over to to Sister Act because we all were like oh we want to be nuns we want to be Dolores (laughs) so um I remember going to see it and I loved it I really loved the show um, so when I got the call about this role and the script came through saying, you know, what do you think? Would you be interested? I was like, say what? <laughs> <laughs> I was quite blown away. Um, and also because this it's not been in town or it's not, you know, there's it's not been on tour for a while. It was really interesting doing a new version of it where I was able to put the things that were really important to me um, into the character. Mm-hmm. So like bringing out her humour, um, her epic journey, which I think for me, Dolores's journey is even more relevant now. I think during lockdown, a lot of people went on a salsa searching time thinking, you know, well, what, what, what makes me happy? What do I really want? What, you know, what, what do I need in my life? And the whole journey that Dolores goes to up until that point where she discovers, actually, I want to be, I love being part of these nuns. I don't need to be like Donna Summer. (laughs) I don't need to have fans screaming out my name, which is what she's thought all her life. Actually Mm. being part of a community 
being part of, you know, and giving to a community as well and feeling that love, that mutual love. That's what's more important. So yeah, yeah I love playing her. <laughs> and it's the it's the, the whole show, which is with acceptance from everybody. The yeah, the yeah. The, the, the challenges that uh, the musical styles are to the nuns, bringing in uh, you know the opposite of that with with Dolores's out there you know, take yeah. on the hang on the nuns, the opposite yeah. to the world that she's used to living in. Everyone coming together and yeah. say so it's and such a field from musical. each other. Yeah, and that, that's yeah. it. Yeah, it is, it is about learning. And yeah. I, I like it when a show has kind of got a bit of a moral message, but it isn't about the moral message, it's about having yeah. fun and you get that at the same time. Yeah, very much so. I agree with you. I really do. That and fab a fabulous cast and mm. amazing music. <laughs> You've got it all. But all I mean, of that. It's a bit of a long way from Emmerdale for you though, isn't it? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me laugh because like some people straight away are like, mm, does Marlon know you're here? He thinks you're in, in, in Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> and then some people are like, you look so familiar. And I'll say, yeah, I was in Emma down the And they don't quite recognize me because she's such a departure mm -hmm. from that character um, of, of Jesse. Yeah. The proper yeah, actors, you, you, you yeah. can't tell. You know, you said, yeah. I know them from somewhere. And it's, it's only the voice that gives it away and the tones yes, in there. That's what right? I've heard. The voice, it's the it's my speaking voice that makes people go, Yeah, when I heard you speak, I thought. <laughs> so, yeah. So, but give us a, a bit of a rundown on, on more of the cast because we've had a bit of a natter with Leslie and she yeah. is so excited to continue to work with you across the tour. And I know vice versa because you're both amazing icons of the industry. Oh, well, I've got five weeks left. I have five weeks left. I have now um, before I have a bit of a rest and 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 move on. But I've loved working with with Leslie. She is a dream. She's so phenomenal and s such an amazing company member, and just so funny on and <laughs> off stage. I adore her. Then when it comes to the rest of the gang, uh, who else have, have, have you worked with before, or is it or is it all new to you when you join? No, it's a it's a cast that I haven't I haven't worked with anyone before, but it's been lovely getting to know people and finding their energies in the roles. We've had a few different people taking over different roles as well from from the start, which was we opened originally in June last year. Mm -hmm. And that's been quite exciting, you know, having different people move into different roles and playing opposite different people because you 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 find new things with each different person that you 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 you're playing opposite in mm -hmm. each role so yeah, yeah. but yeah it's I, I we're a really close-knit company and with the, the obviously the gang out on the road do you then sort of behave uh more D dolores or like the nuns when you hit the town after a show okay so this is the thing in reality <laughs> <laughs> in reality and in most normal shows not not normal but in other shows i am very much like dolores <laughs> however in this one because i'm doing eight shows a week i've been a nun <laughs> I think the cast will testify to that but every now and then my inner dolores definitely comes out we wouldn't have it any other way. Wouldn't wouldn't be Sandra without that. Oh no! Everyone's got an inner Dolores. <laughs> <laughs> and we've talked about how amazing the music is, and obviously new for the show if somebody hasn't seen it before, yeah. uh, compared to what they'll have experienced in the film. But still, with the spirit of the film and the amazing, yeah, uh, upbeat soundtrack that you could, you will just be humming all the way home. 
yeah the especially the the, the two that really blow the audience away as well as are the first it's it's same as the film the, the the songs where the nuns start singing for the first time and it's at their first opportunity everyone's clapping along you can see feel the energy from <laughs> the audience as they're getting behind all of the nuns finding their voices and finding their confidence it's it's great well we've got an amazing show and an amazing cast just just a, a one highlight moment for you uh, is there a, a part of the transformation into uh, you know, convent dolores or is it uh, you know the, the the way in which the characters build what stands out for you as your favorite part of the show i think um I, there are so many moments there are so so many moments that i absolutely adore um i think the one re that I found even more so though recently is the moment where she realizes that actually I I just want to be with my sisters. Mm -hmm. Um and she's talking about her her love of 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 the nuns that she's just um found and and you know the community she's found and how much all the other stuff that she the superficial things that she thought she wanted the fame fortune people screaming at her name they're actually superficial things and in her heart what she actually needs and wants is to be part of that sisterhood and yeah as i was saying earlier i think that's something that a lot of people can relate to that moment where they're you know, they might have striven, strove, strove, striven. I don't know what the past but um, that's a good one. Strive I, I, is yeah. Write in, send me an anyone that's watching this, send me a, <laughs> a, a an Instagram message or a tweet. Yeah, strove all the things that she wanted <laughs> for, <laughs> for her whole of her life, where she 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 aspired to all of these things. And the moment where, where she thinks actually. Those things are important. The things that warm my heart are part being part of the community, finding my real purpose, um, and helping and 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 being of use and and you know giving to people as well. That moment in the show, I really do enjoy. And that's it's you with your big heart. Back. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's quite stripped back, and it's a very honest moment. So yeah, I really enjoy it. And uh, so you come into the end of, of your run. So this is. You know, yes. get in there quick. The Grand is the place for people to see you doing your thing as yes, Dolores. Yes, absolutely. It's been one hell of a journey. Well, it <laughs> isn't over yet. It's been an amazing journey. No, <laughs> it really isn't. I'm cherishing every single show. It's been an amazing show to be on. Yeah, the audiences are going to do exactly the same thing. Uh, it is distracted at the Wolverhampton Grand from the 5th through to the 10th of June. 01902 429212 is the box office number. Grandtheatre.co.uk to get your tickets. Sandra, break a leg and stay in the habit. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on stage in the Grand Theatre. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for having me. The Warsaw Festival of Words returns for 2023, 11 through 5pm on Saturday the 10th of June. It's very much placed in a bandstand and around it. To tell us more, Andrew Clayton, how are you doing? Hello, um, I'm good, thank you. It's It's been a while, but yes, we're fine and we're back. Which is good and it was so well received last time around with such an amazing crew of people and creatives from across the whole of the Midlands and beyond. 
Mm-hmm. So it's the Warsaw Festival of Words, but obviously we're just based in Warsaw and we're celebrating local talent and local creativity, but everybody's welcome. Um, I, I've got a joke for you. Go on. Why do policemen order trifle for dessert? Oh, no, hang on. I should know this one, but you're going to have to tell me. Because it's the custody suite. There's going to be better stuff than that throughout the, uh, yeah, the event. But on the interestingly, <laughs> Paul McDonald is on the bill and he is the man credited with discovering the world's oldest joke. And uh, believe it or not, I understand it was a fart joke. Uh, we've got David Calcutt on stage um, live. Uh, obviously, he's a, he's a writer of, of renown. He uh, produced and, uh, and wrote a number of things, including the Mummers plays from about a decade ago when, when we were in uh, Warsaw doing those every quarter. Um, mm-hmm. And he's very well known on the local theatre circuit. Uh, we have Emma Persaus and Dave Pitt manning things on the uh, bandstand. And they've got a whole load of people uh, coming together, including some musical acts and other bits and pieces. You'll know them from uh, Poets, Prattlers and Pandemonialists. Pandemonium. Yeah, you know what you mean. You yeah. the that thing that takes place um, in Wolverhampton every month. Oh, that one. Um, we've got uh, Not Quite Dead Yet headlining. They are a ukulele punk band, which I can't wait. Um, and then uh, we've got the former Warsaw Poet Laureate, Ian Henry, has got a whole half hour with his friends on stage, uh, introducing some talent as well. Um, of course, Emma Persaus used to be the uh, Poet Laureate of Wolverhampton, and uh, Dave Pitt is very famous as a, as a performance poet in his own right. So we've got a really good sh- set on the bandstand, and then we've also, we've taken a room at the Arboretum Visitor Centre. Uh, so Warsaw Writers Circle, um, uh, it's uh, Alison in charge of that side of things, but they're doing everything during the day, Every, literally um, activities for all ages. So if you want to collect stickers and you're small enough, uh, bring your adults along um, because we don't want them to wander off and we'll do that. And you can take uh, a sticker chart away and, and do some tasks and collect stickers. Um, you can do some wordplay work. There is um, all sorts of stuff going on with a live poem assembly. So there's joint work on that. Mm-hmm. And um, really exciting for some of the slightly more uh, mature <laughs> people. Um, there's like tools of the trade. So it's the writer's circle. They have experience in this. There'll be people there who can help talk you through stuff that you need to know about writing and about putting things together. So all in all, I'm really excited, actually. It's going to be six hours jam-packed with just great fun. Um, and I get to almost ringlead some of it. Uh, I'm slightly concerned that there are stickers and Dave Pitt's going to be there and you want to make sure he doesn't get too distracted. So give him a completed sticker book first. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be cheaper than uh, getting your full set of panini together. Um, you know, it's it's one of those where we've tried. Uh, we did it last year. We did it over two days. We did it over a variety of venues. We decided we'd come back this year. We do it on a Saturday. Um, we do it in one place. Well, you know, the Arboretum is one place. Um, we do it in a confined space of time and just cram as much awesome stuff in as possible. And, you know, everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome to pop down to the bandstand, sit down, have a listen, wander up to the visitor centre, get involved. Um, we're hoping, assuming the weather holds, it's going to just be a glorious day of, of words and wordplay. I think uh, there's, there's, there's a word for every kind of weather, so hopefully you don't use the naughty ones to describe it and it will be gloriously sunny. You say that. We've, we've been playing with words already. So if you go to our Facebook page every single day between now and the festival, uh, we're posting up just a word and its definition. And we're, so we're, some of the words we've had already have been things like Warsaw and poetry and festival. But as you uh, kind of carry on through the, the next month, um, and as we get closer, you'll find I've slipped in some words that don't really belong there, like poodle, which is one of my personal favourites. Um, 
So yeah, we, it's it's all about the fun and the joy and the the sheer force of creativity that you can have with words. Um, and I've got to say, I'm really really looking forward to it. Not quite dead yet. Come very highly recommended. So they're headlining at the last thing on the bandstand, um, and I don't think Warsaw have really heard the like. So um, it's it's wonderful, and everybody's welcome. And then the fact that it's it's going to be six airs, it's absolutely going to fly by the amount of stuff that's going on, isn't it? Yep. You can find me holding a coffee. Don't let me drink too much. If I drink too much coffee, I end up being able to smell colours. But, um, you know, just standing there watching what's going on with utter delight on my face. I love it when you set these things up, plan comes together, and then on the day it all it all comes together beautifully. And, yeah, that, that's what we're up to. And, yeah, it's, I mean, you're very welcome to pop down yourself. Um, we'll make sure that people are around to, to take photos and, and enjoy what they're doing and, and just engaging with words. That's the whole purpose. And a, a, a chance for people to, to try something that they maybe have not done before. I mean, if you've never been to the Poets, Pandemonium and Prattlers uh, event, mm-hmm. uh, always worth a go. You'll get a flavour of yes. that at this. Uh, there'll be a flavour yep. of a lot of different things. And this is the start, isn't it? A festival like this is a beginning of something that amazingly creative will happen, whether it's somebody who's gets inspired to write because of it, or you just find a new favourite thing. And by the sounds of things mm-hmm. for you, it's going to involve some punk. And uh, it, it, it'll uh, be interesting to see how that works out. But so it, it's, it, it is a new beginning in, in many different ways and uh, all then leading towards next year's event. And quite possibly someone who's in that audience could find themselves as part of the writer's circle writing and then being a centre stage or centre bandstand at least next time around. Mm-hmm. Well, we haven't even started to think about next year uh, or even the possibility because, you know, these things take time, they take effort and, and of course, they take money. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really fortunate that this year's festival is um, supported through a little money we had left over from last year's grant from uh, Black Country, uh, Creative Black Country. Um, so that's we're spending that. We're working through that and, and it's great just to be able to work with all these fantastically creative people. But then, you know, on the day, if you want to get involved, anybody wearing the uh, the Warsaw Festival of Words T-shirt, wander up to them and they'll be able to point you in my direction. We can have a chat. That sounds like a particularly good plan. Of course, you mentioned the fact there are words online. Where do we find those? Um, Facebook.com slash Warsaw Words and also on our website, warsawwords.com. And if you go there, you will also find links to the Warsaw Writers Circle who are doing the stuff in the Seed House at the Visitor Centre. One small shout out, coffee in the Arboretum Visitor Centre. Pretty good. You know, if you're going to come down, bring your, your person with you who likes to be wordy and then you just need to take a break. There's plenty of space there to have a brew and watch the world go by as well. And of course, it's the fabulous Arboretum. I mean, you can't walk through that without feeling rested and relaxed and, and just delighted in the presence of so much. You know, it's it's at this time of year, everything is thriving in the Arboretum. Well, it, it sounds like it's going to be a, a, an amazing event. Warsaw's Festival of Words, Saturday the 10th mm-hmm. of June, 11 a.m. through to 5 p.m. The bandstand is your first port of call as you head down into the Arboretum in Warsaw. Plenty of parking around it. Have a brilliant time. Andrew Clayton, thank you for joining us and letting us know what's going on. Cheers, Jason. Take care. Rachel Sage will be over in the UK and making her way around the country, stopping off in Levington Spa as our closest gig, and it will be well worth getting yourself down there, doing the drive and seeing an amazing show. Rachel is with me now to tell me more. Hello. Hello. Thanks so, for having me. Uh, well, good to talk to you. Thank you for joining us, and uh, nice to have you along. And and I take it you're looking forward to being back in the UK. 
Oh, it's my favorite place to tour, really. Don't tell America that, but I absolutely <laughs> love coming across the pond. And I really feel like the listeners in the UK just get me. It's, I don't know what it is, but maybe your rich history of female singer songwriters who play piano and a little guitar. I'm not sure, but. <laughs> <laughs> and you're touring with a violinist on this trip too. I am. She's phenomenal. Her name is Kelly Halloran. And she's been my musical partner live for many years now. So we're really looking forward to bringing some of the new material from my pending record, The Other Side, uh, to our listeners. And of course, exploring the beautiful countryside as we schlep along in our little minivan. <laughs> and it's going to be great to see you out on the road. And I think one of the most interesting thing is uh, you're a singer songwriter with experience. Uh, you uh, that, that that's that's what counts, I think. And it gives you something good to sing about. <laughs> well, I suppose that's true. Um, you know, I've been doing this for a couple of decades now. I've lived in New York City's East Village for about 20 years. And now I've recently made my way up to the Hudson Valley, upstate New York, which is a little kinder and gentler and more uh, beautiful nature surrounding me. So I've really had the best of all possible scenarios here in New York State and New York City. Um, and then being able to tour all around the world, like you said, having all these amazing experiences, not only performing, but making friends and widening our circle of musical peers as well with whom we share the stage so it's mm. an adventurous life for sure but it's one where you have a, a look that you own as well as the music <laughs> well that's kind of you to say you know I I, uh, I love color and I have always been a visual artist as well as a musician so I paint and craft and make a lot of my clothes but for me it's really all sort of one wellspring you know it's it's being expressive but also using whatever available tools I have as a person to tell stories and to share hopefully a little bit of my soul <laughs> that's what I'm giving away uh, it's available now with every record that you buy or download uh, and uh, every gig <laughs> you attend and I think again that that's part of it because it, it's almost a musical family when someone comes to see one of your shows Oh, I love that you said that. And I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, I've been visiting the UK now for a number of years. And every time we play there, we do have folks who've been out to see me before. Perhaps they even heard me opening for someone like uh, Imelda May this past year or mm -hmm. Howard Jones for a couple of years. Um, and we just love being able to share new material and hopefully transport folks a little bit out of their daily grind and into a space that's you know hopefully a little transcendent never hurts right <laughs> but fine art music I think that uh, really does sell the sound well oh I appreciate that so yes that's a you know a, a descriptive phrase that I use to uh to plug my my last music poetry project was called Poetica mm. and that came out a couple of years ago now I recorded it during lockdown and um, it's quite different from my pop and rock music but you know I think many of us found parts of ourselves that we didn't even know existed while we were locked down in isolation for all those many months and for me it was you know very healing to be able to self-record 
on my own without an engineer or anything. I was lonely <laughs> a little bit, but then I got to also um, create music and share it and also poems. How can you be lonely with the songs and music that you have? I don't think you can. It's almost like there is another entity in the room with you, isn't it? Well, you sound like a musician yourself because we, <laughs> we do feel that way. Um, my songs are kind of my my kids. Um, but I just mean, you know, physically, we were very much distanced from our loved ones during that time, or at least I was. I was staying by myself for mm. upwards of a year in a little tiny uh, cottage up here in Hudson Valley. And it just didn't seem safe really to interact too, too much with people in person at that time. But now we are just bursting with excitement and eagerness to reconnect with our audiences. And I've already been doing that all, all this year. So. so what can we expect on the tour? Will it be old and new? It'll be a little bit of old, but it will be mostly new because I'm just so geared up to share music from my new album, The Other Side, mm -hmm. which just has so many different layers of metaphor you know I, I try to pick these titles that can mean you know a hundred different things and I do enjoy when listeners can project their own experiences onto the songs um, but essentially the whole collection is about you know seeing past difficult times and having that hopeful um, anticipation and sort of projection into the future of where you'd like to be where you want to go and also, you know, how you can heal divisions, um, whether it be politically or personally. So I think it's a very positive album. I'm very excited about it. You want people to be able to sing along, but you don't really want them to sing along, I suppose, because in some oh, ways- they be able to sing along. Is that loud? Um, I mean, because I- do, Yeah, absolutely. I have many parts of, of the songs, especially on the new record, um, I'm thinking even of the title track. And sometimes I even give the audience a handful of words and I say, you know, check this part out. It's going to go like this and it's going to come back at the very end of the song. And I hope you'll sing along, you know, so it is very interactive like that. So you, you are allowed to to be part of the show as well as enjoying the amazing everything. music. Of there you course. go. It's all part of that family thing again, isn't it? Absolutely. Yes, <laughs> it is a community uh, and music has the power to do that for all of us more than almost anything else in my opinion. So I'm very grateful to be in this realm and back at it. Well, May into June is uh, when we find you in the UK this time round, but what are your plans for later in the year? Well, I'm actually gonna be coming back to the UK after I do a handful of shows in the US. And sometimes I have to remember, oh, I got a tour in the US too, but I, <laughs> I prefer going overseas. Um, I'll be back playing some festivals and a more you know, kind of far-flung array of shows um, in August. Mm -hmm. And then from September through the end of the year, really, I'll be just supporting this record in the United States and perhaps a few other places. We'll see. Who knows? Yeah, your music is, is sorted out wherever you play it. And I know that it's right. going to be uh, amazing for the audiences. And I'm sure a great time for you as you do hit the road. Uh, we can find you online. Can we find you on the socials too? Of course, yes. I sp spell my name a little funky. It's R-A-C-H-A-E-L-S-A-G-E.com. So, and there's, uh, there's links to here, there, and everywhere. Oh, everywhere. Don't be shy. I'm on Facebook and TikTok and 
uh, Twitter and my favorite is Instagram because of course I'm a very visual person. So find me on Instagram. Yeah. And I say you will not be disappointed. I can tell you that much. So the gigs that we've got coming up, there's uh, there's Whitchurch, which isn't too far away from us. That okay. one's coming up on the 28th of May. And then you've also got, as I mentioned, Leamington Spa. And that is coming up on the 5th of June. So two accessible gigs worth the journey whatever you do i can oh, guarantee that rachel sage thank you for joining us thank you for the conversation have a, a, a safe journey uh, as you head across the uk and we're looking forward to having your music in our nation thank you so much for having me have a great rest of your day
2023 Penkridge Open Air Festival takes place on the 7th, 8th and 9th of July. An amazing weekend full of music and entertainment. Part of that entertainment on the Sunday includes Basil Brush, who's sat next to me now. Hello, sir. Oh, hello, Mr Jason. How lovely to be here. Good to have you along. And uh, I suppose you're looking forward to entertaining the masses on the Sunday afternoon? I haven't been this excited since Dirty Gertie from number 30 won the best marrow in the village fate competition. (laughs) But I've got to say, I've had a wonderful couple of days here in Penkridge, you know, because I've sort of been sussing out the joint. I've been out there to the playing fields where it's all going to be taking place. I've, mm-hmm. I've actually been on a tractor mowing the lawn, yeah. so it's all going to be ready for everybody. And last night, I was out there, I spent most of the evening at the Star in the centre of Penkridge, and I've got to say, what happens in Penkridge stays in Penkridge. <laughs> because there I was, oh, that's my agent, get me out of here. Um, because there I was last night, I think it's called a lock-in, but it was <laughs> jolly flipping marvellous. I've got to say, if that's what happens in Penkridge, I cannot wait to July the 9th when I'm here. Oh, did, did you meet up any with the local? Local foxes whilst you're around, or were they a little too busy doing their Penkridge things? Uh, the local foxes, well, they're out, not out during the day like me, you uh, see, yes. because they, they sleep during the day, well, uh, I sleep during the night. So I'm hoping, you know, when they go through the bins tonight, I might see a couple of them. That, that would be good today. And uh, John, uh, John Smith, yes. you, you're behind this whole event, and I, I take it you've brought a, an icon along to, to really help uh, you know, the, the whole sales, the enjoyment, and the, the family fun that's going on. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, actually, it's not necessarily a case of just booking ticket sellers. Is for me, most of the acts I've booked is because I, I have a genuine interest or I think that people will really enjoy the acts that we're putting on. And so far, you know, we're in our third year. Every year the numbers double, so we must be doing something right. And uh, I think to have Basil on the Sunday, it is mainly for families and for kids. But family, uh, sorry, Basil is just an all-round character that actually I think the adults are going to actually enjoy more than the kids. And the kids are going to be asking... Uh, the mums and dads who Basil is but after that day I'm sure they'll all be a big fan uh, but yeah it's brilliant I think the lineup is brilliant and the people we've got on is brilliant I'm really looking forward to it yeah I mean uh, Basil with your TV work over a yes. number of decades I yes. mean uh, six of them six I mean, that is that is an impressive uh, long career isn't it yes you're very kind and what is amazing when we come to a festival like this where it's the family that come along I look out there in the audience and there you'll see the little kids at the front who are wondering who Basil Brush is by the end of the show they know who Basil brushes you've got their parents their grandparents their great-grandparents the great-great-great-grandparents the great-great-I'll get to you in a moment Jason and we've got all the parents there and I have to say all the generations and I'm rather proud that I've been able to say I've entertained them all for the last 60 years but they'll be out there and they'll be rocking it and having a booming marvellous time I expect nothing less and all this is uh, helped along by the sponsors uh, Kelly and Colin Uh, we've actually got Dan and Mark here and you guys must be so proud to be part of this and also massive fans of uh, Mr Brush here certainly are yeah it's, uh, it's, it's an exciting prospect to be involved in really and uh, one we're excited to be and when you've got an event like this I mean, it's not just about uh, brand image is it it's also about being part of the community too absolutely Penkridge Open Air is just an amazing event for not only people that live in Penkridge but further afield as well so we're just absolutely so excited to be asked to be the sponsor and uh, I suppose the, uh, the the staff are also going to be uh, piling on down to see the gang? The staff will be there, so the whole team, Kayleen and Cullen crew will be there, just having a really good time. 
So that's going to make it a, a big part of the festival as well. And uh, Basil, I mean, I know we've got a lot of music on. I mean, we've got uh, yeah, there's, there's the likes of Booty Love, Chico, uh, Sweet Female Attitude, uh, DJ Pat Sharp is down there for a set. Uh, you've got uh, some brilliant tribute acts too. So uh, which is your favourite item, apart from yourself, who's going to be on during the whole of the weekend? I couldn't possibly single any of them out at all, but I'll be there watching all of them, I've got to say. And, and what's good about this is there's something for everybody. I think that's what you've just said in that lineup. There will be something for everybody. And but if I can just say to you, it's been amazing going around Penkridge. That lads were talking about you know doing things for the locals and things like that. Going around for the last couple of days, everybody's been saying to to the boys from the estate agent and for John organising it, saying can't wait to the festival. Everybody's involved. So we went to Trudy's uh, last night, and there she was with all the sweeties, and that's where they sell the tickets. So it seems that everybody is sort of involved in the festival, which I think is marvellous. So it is about Penkridge and what it does for the community. It's marvellous. And having Basil Brush in town, he's actually going to push the house prices up, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Well, I went into their offices yesterday and they sort of showed me what they did. Um, I think I made a little mistake on the return button and I think I sold something I shouldn't have sold for a price <laughs> it shouldn't have gone for. But we did have a lot of fun in the offices and I've never seen so many kids as well. They brought all the kids in. So, you see, the kids do like Basil Brush. That is it. It makes the difference. And obviously, there are a few tickets left, aren't there, John? Well, basically, uh, the event is at about 70 to 80% capacity now. Um, so, we've, we've so yeah, it probably will sell out each year. Um, we are usually amazed by the last-minute rush. You know, within a few weeks of the event as we're approaching it now, usually all the tickets sell. Um, and, yeah, so we would advise that people should buy tickets. People can buy tickets on the door, but I really don't think there'll be any left because, like I said, we are really close to selling out. Well, it's an amazing three-day festival. And uh, just one last question for you, Basil. I'm not sure how you're going to feel about this, but right. I know there's some reasonably close cousins going to be down there, Wolfie and Wendy. Oh. How, how do you feel about wolves to foxes? Well, that's it, things on four legs. I normally get chased by things on four legs. <laughs> They're normally wearing red coats at the same time, but that's normally when I don't pay me bill at Batlin's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom, boom! Had to get one in there. Absolutely. I know it wouldn't have been right if you hadn't. Yes. Well, tickets are available via penkridgeopenair.co.uk and as Basil mentioned, Trudy's Sweet Shop as well. Go along, get your tickets and get ready for an amazing three-day weekend of fun. You're looking forward to it, aren't you? I cannot wait to be there. In fact, I'm going to be there three or four days before it just to be excited. Although, I'm convinced already. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you very much. Boom, boom! When it comes to the chores around the house, kids' average earnings are up. To tell us more, I'm joined now by Wilco Michael, CEO and founder at NatWest Rooster Money, and by Connie Hook, TV presenter. Hello to you both. Hi. Hi, Jason. Now, first of all, Connie, are, are you one of these parents who uh, will you know, pay for chores? I know I was paid to clean the car as a kid. Is this something that you're keeping going in your household? My youngest is definitely up for being paid for chores, being paid for anything. He's into money. He wants more of it. And we don't give our kids pocket money. Um, my oldest actually will tend to just do chores unpaid. <laughs> like he's just a much more sort of less, he's less money minded and just sort of a more, I shouldn't say more helpful kid because what <laughs> if my children are listening. Um, <laughs> but essentially I didn't get pocket money as when I was growing up, I used to get money on birthdays and from the tooth fairy and so on and so forth. And currently um, in this household, we're following that tradition so far. I don't know how long it will last, but that's <laughs> what we're doing. I can't vouch for Will. What are you doing with yours, Will? 
Well, I've got a, a four-year-old and a, a six, nearly seven-year-old. So the four-year-old, we're very much in kind of star chart territory. So they they earn towards that. And then my six-year-old, we have we've just started pocket money, which he has to to earn and do various jobs around the house to get, and then he can he can help around the garden to um get some extra boosts. Yeah, well, you're looking at an increase of 11%, uh, bringing it up to £6.42 a week. Uh, and that's, what, 338 quid a year, just over. So there's a, a good bit of cash uh, moving around here. And that's, it. you know, you've got birthdays, tooth fairy and, and Christmas on top of all of that as well. So yeah, there's a reasonable pot of cash that kids are building up. I think that's included. So I think that amount was actually for sort of an, uh, weekly allowance as well as sort of the chores and so on. But you're right, it is a hefty amount actually i would have yeah, liked it, that it, it all it all adds up on yeah. it and uh, and i think that's that's the thing is when you 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 start looking at it and you actually start tracking how much kids earn it, that that a reflects you know what you as a parent are, are paying and we talk a bit about a pocket money paradigm that you actually start saving money when you're getting into a bit of a structured format with it rather than just sort of handing out but also that it shows the opportunity you know as you say jason you can then start engaging and thinking about what you're going to do with it and when you're doing that, I mean, it's things like you've got mobile phones and the like these days. And how does the mobile phone bill get paid for? And, and Connie, is this something that you shared with your kids so far or is that something you've still got yet to come? I've got that yet to come. So my children don't have mobile phones. And actually, my eldest is going off to secondary school next year. And I think that is around the time when kids do all start getting mobile phones because they often walk to school themselves or go on the bus to school themselves. So I have got all of that to come. The school he's going to uh, only allow your brick phone, you know, not your swanky smartphone, essentially. So, um, yeah, we'll have to see what happens um, with that. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's all part of modern living and comes within in, in the sort of making decisions over consumption on your children as such. Mm-hmm. And when, when I was a kid, I mean, I uh, was about like, I think she was about 14, 15. I wanted a checkbook because back in the day, I took a load of photos with my camera and I had to send films off to be processed. So I did that in my own right from my own pocket money. It's a different world these days, isn't it? Because it's all electronic. Yeah, 100%. You know, for all of us, right, adults and kids, money's becoming less tangible and we pay for things in so many different ways. It's now contactless. You can do it on your phone. You can have a, you know, a watch that pays. Um, and in the same way with, with his, how they're spending their money isn't just, and, and we're still very much seeing that. You'll see that from the results. They are getting out and about. You know, the co-op is the top place to, to spend money, but actually it's what are they spending online? So when you're out on Fortnite or, or spending money on Robux, um, you know, that that is now part of, of, of a child's economy and, and how we transact. And then, Connie, you saved kids a fortune with the makes you did on Blue Peter over a decade or so. Uh, <laughs> is, is this something that you now recreate at home to avoid your kids spending cash? Well, I have to say, these kids that are entrepreneurial and our findings through looking at the Rooster Money data, they seem to be doing it for themselves because selling and upcycling has been a really popular way um, of making money. And that's actually climbed by 6% this year to uh, £26.26 on average, um, that's earning kids. And again, that could be symptomatic of the pinch that we're all feeling and this these times of hardship that we're living in. Um, and it's, it's really good, actually, me and Will were discussing, it's really good to see that kids are really entrepreneurial and they are thinking outside of the box when it comes to earning money. 
Mm-hmm. And, and suggesting gigs that uh, your parents would probably pay for anyway, like I mean, the cleaning car one. Well, I mean that 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 is a, is a staple because you you'll go down the road and you'll find a car cleaning place. They'll charge you twenty quid for it. Well, what would you pay the kids? Well, exactly. Well, you know, if you're looking at the averages down there, we're we're looking at a two pounds forty six to, That's to a wash cost the saving. car, which yeah. is. So you can make a big saving as a parent and, you know, it's a win-win for the kids. So yeah, um, yeah, my dad, my dad definitely did that. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, when it comes to to managing money as well, uh, being able to see what they have through an app rather than taking the bottom out of the piggy bank to count it, uh, as NatWest customers used to do when I was young, uh, uh, it's an easy thing to do when they're working online. This is where the rooster account comes in. No, 100%. So, you know, Technology can bring challenges. We've talked a bit about that. Kids, you know, screen time, all those sort of things, but it also can be a great neighbor. So how do you bring money to life rather than having that piggy bank that you leave in your room when you're out of the shops or on holiday? This is something that's actually with a parent um, or with kids. And it's a way that you can really track money, um, add boost, and then children can start making considered choices about where they want to save, set up goals and pots. So that's really the idea behind Rooster Money or other apps like it is, is to start empowering kids and, and make it easy for parents and, and importantly, give them some reassurance. So, you know, we start with Star Chart on Rooster. You can then move to a, a virtual tracker so you can kind of run pocket money, but remain in the bank. And then the age of six, um, you can get a prepaid card, but parents get controls and um, alerts when kids are spending to give them a bit of reassurance too. Yeah, and Corey, that must be great for, for you. Have you got your kids signed up with a card yet? Or is that, again, something which is not too far away? Yeah, so that's secondary school for in my family. I'm such a harsh parent. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like um, but yeah, like I say, because they get that bit extra independence. And so with that comes the responsibility as well. But it's a great way to be able to sort of keep on top of it. Yeah, and make sure that that card is working for you. And it gets them used to it from an early age, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. This is all about shaping the adults that they'll be of the future and making sure our kids are responsible, independent, have the right um, values and morals, and also um, that they know how to sort of budget and spend and save in a manner that you'd want them to continue with into adult life. Mm -hmm. And Will, where do we find out more about NatWest Rooster Money? So you can visit our website. It's roostermoney.com. Um, you can find out all about the app and uh, also the trends coming from the report. Will Carmichael, CEO and founder of Rooster Money at NatWest. And Connie Hook, TV presenter, star, mother and absolute Scrooge when it comes to letting them anywhere near cash. Thank you both for joining us. <laughs> Thanks so Thanks much. Thanks so much. Well, that's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining me. Back with episode 727 next week. I'll see you then. Good off and out. Goodbye from the milk bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar. Yeah.